What do you say after that? And after those words, apparently about me, how can I speak? So I'm going to turn to a voice that has inspired my life a lot. I've come to know it as in my own breath, uh, poems of Rainer Maria Rilke that has been my happiest uh, gift in this life to have a hand in translating uh, with my co-translator, Anita Barrows. This is for you. The hour is striking so close above us, so clear and sharp that all our senses ring with it. I feel it now, the power in us to grasp and give shape to our world. I know that nothing has ever been real without my beholding it. And now the world comes toward me to meet and be met. That's what happens here at Bioneers. That we open our heart minds to behold and give shape to our world. To let our hearts be a mirror of the world as we heard with the performers of poetry. Carl Jung believed that at the core of each life is a question that that life, that person, must pursue and is fortunate if he or she discovers it. Well, I know what the question was, that, uh, and I became aware of it in my mid-40s, but it probably started with my birth. And I'm glad for this moment with you to be able to share it. The question was how to be fully present to my world, present enough to enjoy it and be useful while at the same time knowing that my species, we human species, are progressively destroying this world. Wow, that splits you right down the middle and puts you back together again over and over again. It has asked me to keep my eyes and heart open to what I see happening, to unblock the feedback loops and help others do it too, to speak the truth. And just in saying that, I'm reminded that I wanted to dedicate the minutes of my talk with you uh, to Edward Snowden and to... <laughs> and to Chelsea Manning. and to countless others of our brothers and sisters who are helping us see what really is going on, breaking down the walls of secrecy. 
because it is only when we're able to see our world and touch it can we uh, be part of its self-healing. Well, you can imagine with a question like that running my life, and it, I became conscious of it in my 40s, uh, that I was aware of that as a challenge to see my world as lover and self, to not be afraid of the suffering and not being afraid can't get my heart, mind kind of uh, bruised and banged up a little bit. That's what the time that we're in seems to call for. And so the times of uh, welcoming the world into heart and mind have brought such adventures. And uh, adventures with my beloved partner of 56 years, Fran Macy, and of my admirable children, uh, three of whom are in the audience, and uh, Jack Macy, Christopher Macy. My daughter, uh, Peggy, is not able to be here, but my daughter in love, uh, Charlotte, is. And it's also adventures uh, to be alive in this time with my beloved grandchildren, Julian, Eliza, and Lydia. So being alive at this time with grandchildren, you know how that breaks the heart as well as it opens. So uh, in this, this question uh, opens me up and opens us all up. Uh, and I turn to Rilke again. Ich lebe mein Leben in wachsenden Ringen. I live my life in widening circles that reach out across the world. I'm not sure I can make this last one, but I give myself to it. I've been circling around God, that primordial tower. I've been circling for thousands of years and I still don't know. Am I a falcon, a storm, or a great song? Same for you, that's same for you. This, I've learned that in my deep ecology, friends, as we tell the truth of what we feel and know is happening in our world, as we let others speak through us, other life forms, that the life in us is so big, it cannot be reduced to one social role, to one curriculum vitae, that our roots go back, back, back to the beginnings of life, you know that, to the first splitting and spinning of the stars. And all of that journey forward, our human journey and those before us have brought us to this point. And we can be so grateful, I am so grateful to be alive now, because for life to continue, well, that means, and you know it in your heart, and that's why you're here at Pioneers, and that's why Kenny and Nina are so faithful in bringing it, that we have to make a giant step in our consciousness. We have to make real what we dream and know and intuit. That we are one planet people. And we can only be one planet people if we honor all our differences. That we belong to one living sacred body of Earth. 
And when we get that, my brothers and sisters, you know, when we really get that, we'll be able to achieve the ongoing singing of the song of life. Isn't that so? And there have been other times in that when the, that question leads me into places that are so painful. And again then, I am re grateful for Rilke, Reiner, Maria Rilke, who said toward the end of his life, in a sonnet to Orpheus, the last one, he said, quiet friend who has come so far. Feel how your breathing makes more space around you. And then he says, let this darkness be a bell tower and you the bell. And as you ring, what batters you becomes your strength. Oh, get that. <laughs> as what batters you then you realize that you're made for change. And I love it that systems thinking helps us see that with the positive feedback loops where the change is so great that the old values and the old norms and the old self-images and the old worries and feuds uh, don't fit anymore. And that you have to die to the old forms and resurrect in a larger self, wider rings. I have felt that again and again, and I love the word from systems that conveys that, because that's been true at every stage of the evolution of life, and in many stages of your life and mine. And the word is positive disintegration. Because you are uh, having to die to images and concepts of yourself that are simply too small. That there is something so big that wants to happen through us and that we must allow it to happen through us if we want life to continue on this planet. Because the engines of destruction are strong so strong, they're hard to look at. I want to give you an example of a positive disintegration for me. Through my son, Jack, I'd gotten involved in the 1970s with nuclear uh, energy, bringing it to a halt, stopping the reactors. Boy, one failure after another. <laughs> Trying to stop Seabrook, online it went trying to stop a, a problem they were having at North Anna Plant, windward of Washington, where we live. Failure again. But in the process, I knew what it was like to link arms with other people toward a big, important project, and that it felt so good to be working together that somehow, the fact that we failed that lawsuit against the Virginia Electric Power Company 
I was so glad that we did it anyway, because I'd come out of it different and changed. And I'd come out of it realizing more clearly what radioactive contamination does, what it does with its emissions at every reactor, even where there's no accident, and what it does to the body, and the miscarriages and the birth defects and the cancers and the leukemias, even when it's in normal production. And realizing that, realizing that my government did not seem ready, nor did industry, nor the Nuclear Regulatory Commission seem to feel any kind of concern to talk to us about that, to help us deal with it. I knew that I had colleagues in distant time and the beings of the future were at my side and in my heart because in dealing with nuclear contamination, as is happening when we deal with fracking now, those chemicals last forever in the um, water table. You know that. And the GMOs, that fiddling with the genetic material, you can't undo it. And so suddenly I found that my life didn't just belong to the present moment, but that my life was linked to those generations from now, indeed centuries, indeed millennia from now, who will be inheriting what we're doing now. And therefore, instead of just sitting around feeling bad, I felt I could hear them. And they said, Joanna, get up off your duff and let's do something. <laughs> and sometimes they became so real to me because in our workshops, you, you know who've come, we do these deep time work that's so exquisite. And the future beings seem to live right behind my left shoulder. And sometimes I'd get tired and kind of whiny. <laughs> I said, my head's break. Look, I'm not a nuclear engineer. I did not study nuclear science. And, and they'd say, come on, you're the one who's alive now. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. And anyway, everybody on our planet is going to need, it needs to learn about the poison fire. That's what the future ones call it. So I came out of the failure of our lawsuit against the North Anna nuclear power plant, which during the government shutdown was in trouble again just last week. But I came out a lar larger, <laughs> a lot older, <laughs> and a lot longer to live <laughs> with a huge, big, beat-up, old, faithful, strong heart. You better believe it. This is from Rilke again. This is what I realized. We are one generation through thousands of years. Mothers and fathers shaped by children to come 
who in their turn will overtake them. We are endlessly offered into life. All time is ours. And what any one of us might be worth, who can ever know, who can ever tell? Something very wonderful can happen through us and to, through us for our world as we dare to see what we're doing. This is such a moment for us. Just the last 10 days have shown spikes in the radioactivity you wouldn't believe or nobody expected at Fukushima. And, I was, and discovery of little bits, they call it little finds, microscopic bits from the melted down reactors taken by the water and the wind and into streets and ditches. Intensely radioactive, as you can imagine. So now is our time to act. We can't sleepwalk through this one, darlings. And there's been a letter uh, that was just written a few weeks ago from 17 scientists to Ban Ki-moon, Secretary General of the UN, and they're asking him to found, prevail upon international organizations to replace TEPCO, Tokyo Electric Power Company. with a worldwide engineering group to take charge of it. This is what Metropolitan Edison did after Three Mile Island. They turned it over to engineers. TEPCO is managers, not engineers. They asked him to appoint an advisory board of the best minds, scientific minds around the world to oversee this. to appoint a panel of citizens and local officials to ensure transparency and accountability, to call upon the Japanese government to stop the massive incineration from the debris of Fukushima around the uh, body of Japan. Dare we think, dare we see in this the moment, the real possibility when we can rise to the immensity of a challenge and become what we know we can, we know we can become it, one people of Earth, with those who will come after us, and our lives will be big. So my prayer is uh, one of thanks Enormous thanks for your lives. Thanks for all the new ways you walk and open your hearts. Thanks for Kenny and Nina and this amazing, amazing phenomenon moving to the end of its quarter century. And that we take seize this moment and so uh, I end with this.
honeys, you just wait. <laughs> All will come again into its strength. The fields undivided, the waters undammed, the trees towering and the walls built low. And in the valleys, people as strong and varied as the land. Shall we let that happen? <laughs>